Hello, we're going to open up the Bible now and chew over a couple of verses and if you've been tuning in with us the last few weeks, you will have seen we have been looking at words that Jesus has spoken. So words that he has said in the Bible and just for a short amount of time uh, unpacking that a little bit. So we're going to continue that this week and it's a short couple of words this week and it's in a book called Matthew chapter 4. So just to give you, paint a bit of a picture, Jesus has been in the wilderness being tempted and being tested by the devil. And we have him beginning to preach as well, following on from that, uh, sharing that hope is here. And now we have him uh, calling his first disciples. So the group that would journey with him, his friends, his followers uh, to do his mission uh, are now joining him and he's inviting them on board. So we're going to read Matthew chapter 4 verse 18 to 22. I'm going to say a short prayer so let's do that now. Lord thank you so much for this week. Thank you in the midst of everything that's going on around us that you are steadfast in it Lord. That you have a hold of us and I pray as we look at your word that you would uh, spark to life, Lord, your intentions and your calls uh, on our lives, Lord. I pray your spirit would weave in uh, the, the words that I speak, Lord, that it won't be me speaking, but that it would be so evidently you uh, speaking through me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Matthew 4, 18 to 22. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at the words of Jesus at the beginning of this passage, where he says, come, follow me, in verse 19. Come, follow me. I want to firstly I have three points this morning in our uh, short little reflection. And the first thing I want us to look at is that this is actually an invitation for all of us. It's an invitation for all of us. Every Thursday night at 8 o'clock we have been clapping for the NHS. I'll just give you a little sample clap there. And it's a bit of a moment, isn't it? I don't know about you, but as we walk out onto our street and see everyone else lined up. Joshua got the box drum out as well. He tends to come down in his pyjamas and take a musical instrument out to the garden as well. And there's a sense of community brewing in our street that uh, we've not seen in the, the two years that we have been part of this street. One lady in our street last week shouted at the end of the clap, when this is all over, let's have a street party. And we were like, yes, I'll bring the bunting. I'll bring the fairy lights. We'll sort it. It'll be fun. But... Uh, yeah, it's just exciting. And it got me thinking, I like a good party, but I am an awful dancer. I'm an awful dancer. Mary was seriously stressed at our wedding day about our first dance. 
So it was minimal foot movement at our first dance. But the, the reality is I, I used to like a party. I used to like a party. When I say I like parties, and I'm maybe talking about 15 years ago, I, I loved going to parties. I loved the buzz of a party, a house party, the music, the camaraderie, the conversations that you'd have with people. You'd get into just real deep and meaningful conversations about what we wanted to do with our lives and what our futures, we wanted our futures to hold. And I'm sure we've all been to good parties and not so good parties. Uh, but there's a party experience that I'm sure some of us have experienced that I want to share with you this morning, a super awkward one. And you might have been at work, okay, paint the picture here. You might have been at work and one of your colleagues uh, maybe lets all the staff know, maybe in an email or in the office at the staff meeting, that I'm having a birthday party and you're all invited. You're all invited. It's going to be this Friday, 8 o'clock, and we'd love to see you there. And uh, so you get excited, you get home, you think of a present, they get delivered to you in a couple of days, you wrap it nicely, and you head to this person's house. And you're all excited, you've got your best clothes on, you're going to hang out with some work colleagues, and you get there, you knock on the door, and when they answer the door, there's this reply that goes a little bit like this. Ah, Thomas! It's so good, everyone, everyone, Thomas is here. Can you believe that? Wow, wow. So good that you managed to come along. So, can you believe he managed to make it along? And at that point, everything drains out of you. You realize at that point that this uh, colleague was shouting, yes, you're all invited, but not at one moment did he think that you would take up the invitation. <laughs> not at one moment did he think that you would show up. The surprise, unexpected, ah, you're here, brilliant. You feel awkward, the person that answered the door feels awkward. All the musical bumps feels really awkward. And you don't stay overly long, you make your excuses and you leave early. And that scenario actually played out for me in one of my first jobs from leaving uni. And it's not nice. It rips the insides out of you and it makes you ask bigger questions of, uh, where your place is, where your place is. Or here's another one, I just want to paint this picture. Uh, having to explain to our little boy that not every kid will invite you to their birthday party. Man, having to field that question to our five-year-old when he's got tears streaming down his face. And me trying to hold it together as well at that point. And that might, that might sound a wee bit silly, but for me in that moment, I'm knowing that this will be the first experience of many that he will have to navigate where the invite isn't for him. Where he will feel disappointment in his little heart. And I won't always be able to be there to comfort him through that. Like I'm able to just now. Yikes. Yikes. But we have a reassurance. Should any of those illustrations hit home this morning as I'm sharing, we have a reassurance. It might feel like you don't have a place. You might be feeling confusion in this season and rejection. We have a reassurance. This invitation from Jesus is for all of us. Come, follow me. You might be thinking, okay, okay, it's an invitation for all. But God can't use me. Look at where I have come from. Or, I believed in God for years. I've been doing this church gig for goodness knows how long. But what I do, what I can bring, really doesn't matter. 
or it's just one tough moment after another for me. I'm a, a disaster story. God has long forgotten actually to use me. You feel forgotten, maybe you feel forgotten or useless, not worthy or not able. Let me tell you, as we look at this passage in Matthew 4, in the Bible, Galilee, the place that Jesus was at that point, was not a thriving place. Fishermen were not considered a profession to shout about. We can read about that in commentaries. People who have studied the Bible and the context and the background in a bit more detail. Galilee was a remote part of the nation. The people who lived there were less cultivated. They were less refined. Their language was broad and their speech betrayed them. That's what one commentator said. This is an invitation for all. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter what you do. These fishermen were poor men. If they had estates or they had stock and trade, they would not have made fishing their trade. It would have been a hobby for them. This was their livelihood. It wasn't considered high up. But this was an invitation from Jesus to come follow me to them. They were men that were accustomed to hardships and hazards. The fisherman's trade, as it is now, would have its ups and downs. But like the waves, more than any other, it's hard work, it's perilous. Fishermen would often be wet and cold. They must watch and wait and toil. And it would just be hard work in the water. It's an invitation for all. Jesus is saying, come, follow me. I want to say, don't count yourself out this morning. To get in your place. Plant your feet and trust that this invitation from Jesus is for you afresh this morning or perhaps for the very first time. So it's an invitation for all. Secondly, it's an invitation to the heart from the heart. When I proposed to my wonderful wife, Mary, in 2008, it was a right palaver. Let me tell you the story. Uh, first, I, I wanted to ask Mary's dad permission uh, to, to ask Mary to marry me. So that's a lot of Mary's there. So I needed to get across to Mary's parents' house. Now, Mary was at my parents' house. We were hanging out that afternoon. And I needed to find a way to get over to speak to her dad while she was still at my house. I was about to sneak out the house. My mum was chatting to Mary in the kitchen and she saw me leaving with my dad and she, she stood up and she said, Thomas, where are you off to? And I didn't have a plan B. I didn't think of anything. I just went, oh, I'm going to get some socks. I'm going to get some socks. You're going to get socks? Yeah, I need some new socks. My dad's taking me out of town. <laughs> so awful excuse, I know. So Mary sat back down and she chatted away to my mum and my dad drove me uh, to Mary's parents where I, I spoke to Mary's dad. And uh, I could guess maybe that some suspicions were rising. That was a weird thing. But anyway, so I managed to ask permission. I had the ring. We were going out for a nice dinner in the evening and uh, we were over from Aberdeen. I didn't have a jacket with me and I needed somewhere to keep the ring. So I asked my dad, Dad, have you got a jacket that I could wear? Now my dad's fashion sense is, is great. But uh, 10 years ago, I, I was a wee bit more, like I wouldn't have worn a jacket of his, though I would now, uh, <laughs> getting old. But anyway, he got a jacket, which was, which was fine. It done the job. And I put it on and Mary just went, why are you wearing your dad's jacket? I says, oh, it's a bit chilly outside. Might need it. You never know. It might rain. 
So we ended up going out to the restaurant. So we go to this nice restaurant, we sit down, the waiter takes us over to the table and he says, sir, can I take your jacket? And I'm just like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll put it around my chair, it'll be fine. So that's the next moment they take Mary's jacket away and I've got my jacket planted on my chair. And uh, unbeknown to me throughout that whole meal, every two seconds, I was checking the pocket. I was feeling for the ring just in, check up, in case a pickpocket had come and taken away the ring. I was checking it every time Mary was lit. Afterwards, she said, I was wondering what was in that pocket because you were going for it every single time. So we went a wee walk afterwards, went up to Inverness Castle and I got down on one knee. And I asked Mary, will you be my wife? And uh, it wasn't as short as that. I said a big spiel before that had went over in my head. But that was an invitation moment. Will you be my wife from my heart to her heart? Will you invest and connect before God and go on this adventure with me for the rest of our life. Yes. And then celebrations ensued and it was an invitation from the heart to the heart. But the invitation from Jesus, come follow me, is a whole other level. Let's unpack it a little bit. When we see the words come, the Greek in the New Testament is duete. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's a particle of exhortation or incitement. Let me just uh, pick apart those two translations of that. Exhortation is an act or a process of making a strong urging or appeal. So an example of exhortation is an emotional speech that inspires people to act. So there's an emotive aspect to what Jesus is sharing here. There's a heart calling from the heart to the heart, from the heart to the heart, to Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. And so that's exhortation. If we were to look at incitement, now that can often carry negative connotations if we look at it in the context of law. But in its uh, other form, the Latin incite means it's a move into action. So if we piece those two together, Jesus is saying, so come. It's a strong heart appeal from him. He's urging, he's inspiring a response. And move, make it a doing word, make it a doing thing. And then we have Jesus saying, follow me. The Greek being opiso, opiso, which means come behind me, come behind me. What a picture that is to follow. You know, if I follow someone for directions when I'm in my car, they will get me there. When I follow signs on the road, they'll get me to that place most of the time. Unless I take a wrong turn or get lost. If I follow Nickelback, another Nickelback reference on Twitter, I will get all their tour dates. I will get all their information. What's the difference between a couple of those examples? The first two keep me on a journey. The second just gives me information. You know, I can follow what's going on in someone's life or I can follow with my life someone like Jesus. Let me say that again. I can follow what's going on in someone's life, like scrolling through Facebook, or I can follow with my whole life someone like Jesus. I want to challenge us. How many of us are following Jesus, just receiving information? scrolling or attaining just knowledge and nice stories and not headed on the journey. Jesus is saying this morning, heart to heart, 
Come behind me. I'm one step ahead. I want to be one step ahead. I tread over the land before you do. I enter the room before you do. I take the first hit before you do. I go before you. I take the storm before you feel it. I am ahead of you. I know what you will face before I before you do. Wow. What a picture. In the war, in the joys, in the trials, in this season of coronavirus, in the questions, come behind me. You might not understand, but I do. And I have you. Can you imagine that with the disciples? Can you imagine that call with the disciples in this passage? They left everything. They dropped their nets. They left their family. They followed. A picture I had as, as I was preparing was of our daily walk when I jumped down. And we have a little walk when we go through a forest and there's a little river and we jump down to the riverbed. And I always go first. I always go first and then the boys follow me because I want to get down and then take the boys down. And you know when, I, uh, when they're heading down they might slip or their foot might slip on a rock or they might fall over slightly. Or they might bang their head or brush their head on a branch. But I still have their hand. And it's safer for them rather than them jumping down themselves. I'm ahead of them. They know I will do my best for them. When they, uh, like I mentioned last week, going up and down those stairs. When I have their hand, they can jump down. God is the same, so much so that he sent Jesus. He loves us so much and he wants to take our hands this morning. Jesus is whispering, come, follow me. And then finally, it's an invitation that is waiting for a response. We don't need to get ready or prepare. We just need to come. We don't need to tidy up or get clean. We don't need to feel strong. We don't need to have it all together. We don't need to have made it, whatever that looks like. We don't need to know it all. This is an invitation for every occasion and every circumstance that we find ourselves in. Every heart condition. Right now, how you're feeling when you're connecting into this, there's an invitation waiting for you. A card is always ready. An invite always hits the doorstep every morning. Imagine this. This is such a sweet picture. Every morning as you get your mail, or there's another annoying Pizza Hut 50% off offer, which is quite good. It's quite reasonable in today's market. But imagine as every flyer drops and hits the door, hits the ground, there's an invitation there from Jesus. Why don't you do that every morning when you have your mail hit the door? There's an invitation from Jesus that says, come follow me today, these next 24 hours. Come follow me, Thomas. Come follow me, Mary. Come follow me, Inverness Vineyard Church. And we know every morning that that invitation is never withdrawn and is never a mistake. Have faith. But we do need to take that step. We do need to drop the nets and go, just as these first disciples did. I'm drawn by that word immediately in these four verses that we read. What would change? What would change if I immediately went to Jesus? It's good to think through things, but I think sometimes the enemy loves the power of overthinking. 
the scenario-based games that keep us rooted on the spot. Jesus is waiting for us this morning. He's at the sea, just as he was at this passage. And he is saying, just drop what you're doing right now. This lockdown season, drop your Instagram, drop the jigsaw, drop the Netflix, drop what really isn't important just now and come and follow me in this season. Come and walk behind me and be assured that I have you. And let's go.